Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. The much maligned Jared Goff, and rightfully so, he has earned all the criticism he has received here by his incompetence playing quarterback, look like he should be doing something other than playing pro football as a, a, a career, even though he just got the massive contract. But he went out and looked like the guy that helped lead the Rams to the Super Bowl last year slicing it up. You saw the game in L.A. on Sunday night, Goff almost 300 yards two touchdowns, and that was an emasculating situation for the Seattle Seahawks defense. And they they were talking about how oh, the, the defense had turned the corner. They were forcing all these turnovers. They pumped their chest out there, how great the Seahawks were and how they were going to slow down the Rams. The Rams had no chance, no chance. Uh, one problem, the Seahawks didn't show up uh, in the game, and so the Rams still – Alive, and they prevent the Seahawks from clinching a playoff berth. They win 28-12 to 
in the Sunday night NFL game, and it was not a case where the Rams fell behind and came back and Seattle looked good early. Uh, No, it was a domination situation by the Rams, who now get to 8-5, and and after being stomped on a few weeks ago in a Monday night game at home, they now have won 5 of 7. Even in that, they had that embarrassing performance, so the Rams are still alive. And, and what this does is it screws with the Vikings because the Vikings have no margin for error. The Vikings are the last team in. They're in the second wildcard spot in the NFC, and they uh, cannot slip up because the, the, the way the Rams' schedule works out, they still got to play the 49ers down the line in Santa Clara. That's the toughest game the Rams have left, but they play – the Cowboys next week, everyone's beating the Cowboys now. Jason Garrett doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And so that should be a game the Rams have a good chance to win. And then they play the Oompa Loompa uh, later on at the end of the year. And uh, everyone gets to enjoy themselves against Alligator Arms Murray and uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I, I-, I haven't heard much from the Alligator Arms Murray marching in Chider, uh, Chowder Society. They've not chimed in much here. Uh, lately, but let's talk about the Sunday night game, the Rams and the Seahawks, and the better story is in the losing locker room. Seattle had pumped their chest out after that win against the 49ers. The Seahawks, very braggadocious, right? Very braggadocious. They're in first place. They're hey, we're, we are the 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 top dog in the NFC and all that stuff. Well, how concerning a loss was this for the Seahawks on the Maller scale of angst? 1 to 10, I'm at an 8.5 here for the Seahawks. I'm at an 8.5. You've got Wary, Glass Slipper, and the Spin Cycle. And we will tie all these things together. Now, A, the Rams, as we just laid out, have been a punchline. Even though they have a winning record, even though they are very much alive for a playoff spot in the NFC and all that, most of that came against lightweights. Nobody has been taking the Rams seriously because of what they have done in some primetime games, mainly the game against Baltimore. More on that in a little bit. Uh, But surely the Seattle Seahawks are in the category of those that didn't take the Rams seriously because if they did take the Rams seriously and that's how they played, when we have to downgrade the Seattle Seahawks, they were sluggish from the start. And I wonder, I don't know when they arrived in L.A. I I assume they had the weekend, and did they go out and partake in the L.A. nights? Was it the L.A. nightlife that might have done in the Seattle Seahawks? Did some guys break curfew there and go out and have a good time there? They they were weary. Uh, They they, they looked sluggish and tired and all that stuff. It was like the Rams, who always, it seemed, against better teams were playing a step slow against Seattle. They were the quicker team. And the the Seahawks, they were the ones that were were just kind of in mud, stuck in mud and all that. And while the Rams have been the punchline, the punching bag was certainly Jared Goff. Everyone was laughing and pointing like annoying kids on a playground in elementary school at Jared Goff and his performance, right? They were laughing in the aisles watching him play quarterback, and rightfully so, and, and we kept hearing how the Rams have a bunch of rejects on their offensive line. That Seahawks defensive front is going to 
feast on that hodgepodge of an offensive line. You know how many times Jared Goff was sacked in this game? The same number of times that you were sacked. Zero. Zippo. None. Uh, He did not get sacked one time. He only had four uh, hits at all. Seattle's defense got to him four times at four quarterback hits, but he, he was not sacked in the game. And Jared Goff, on this night, against what supposedly was a very good Seattle defense, was able to consistently move the ball up and down the field, throwing darts all over the place. And the Seahawks' defense, uh, they were the proverbial silly putty in the hands of uh, Sean McVay, who I guess stopped taking his stupid pills for one night and decided to take his smart pills that he had been taking uh, previously. But how unbelievable is that? The L.A. Rams had four drives of 75-plus yards against the Seattle defense, which had been much ballyhooed coming into the game, including the one, if you saw the game, early in the fourth quarter. The Rams had the most emasculating for the Seattle defense drive imaginable, a 95-yard scoring drive to start the fourth quarter for the Rams offense. 95 yards down the throat of the Seattle Seahawks defense. Uh, yes, uh, they gagged. Uh, yes, they did. All right, uh, part B of this. So Russell Wilson, who remember, the first eight weeks of the season, Russell Wilson was the favorite to win the MVP award, right? 50% of the NFL season, Russell Wilson was in the lead. He has now gone sideways, and he is playing like you know, pick any generic Seahawks quarterback prior to Russell Wilson, and that's what he's playing like, right? He's gone sideways in a large way. His production is a topsy-turvy, right? Last four weeks, Russell Wilson's got four touchdown passes and four interceptions. So that's 25% of the season, four touchdowns, four interceptions, and uh, a rinky-dink quarterback rating in the in the 80s, I believe. He's just been unable to navigate the offense and matriculate the ball down the field consistently over these last four games. And that, you know, listen, the Seahawks were able to get by, but the, the Rams defense, that same Ram defense that got trucked by the Ravens in Week 12, and there they were. Seattle had their opportunities. Well, they, you know, they were shorthanded, you know, they were not. Penny's out with an injury. Uh, Give him a break. That that would have made all the difference. That would have made all the difference. The Seattle offense had nothing. The only touchdown the Seahawks scored was on a pick six. Quandre Diggs had a couple of interceptions, but he returned one for a touchdown. And and Jared Goff had about a three- or four-minute period in the second half where he had a brain fart. He had like an aneurysm, and uh, he started uh, throwing interceptions, and then and then he snapped out of it quickly. The Rams, they had five sacks. They had 11 quarterback hits against Russell Wilson, and they could have had many more uh, in this particular game. All right, so the Komodo dragon in the room is the obvious question that must be asked when you see a Seahawks team play like this against what everyone suspected was a second-rate Rams team and you say, wait a minute here. Uh, is this just a bad night for the Seahawks, or is this team smoking mirrors? And did the, the glass slipper, as they say, did that crack against the Rams? And before you say, no, nah, you're just being a sky is falling talk show host, remember, coming into this game, despite a 10-2 and record, heading into the weekend, the Seattle Seahawks had outscored the opposition by just 36 points this year. They almost lost to the Bengals. They should have been swept by the Rams. Remember, the Rams missed a field goal that would have beat Seattle in Seattle. 
So you look at that, and, and the Seattle Seahawks here, the first team in NFL history to win their first 12 games by not outscoring or or to uh, to play their first 12 games without not outscoring their opposition by more than three points per game. Uh, that's, that's the Seattle Seahawks. So are they legit or not? Now, I do believe good teams win close games, but you, when you only play close games, that's not a good thing. You should get some, some blowouts mixed in there. You should. All right, last word. So as the Rams were mopping the floor with the Seahawks, the excuses started flowing in from the NBC broadcast booth. It's like there was a mandate that was sent down. Hey, we might have the Seahawks again down the line here. We want to we want to make sure we pump them up a little bit, even though they're playing like dog poo. And sure enough, uh, Chris Collinsworth on cue as, uh, again, the Rams were mopping the floor or Who? the field with the Seahawks. Collinsworth comes out, and, and he just said, well, you know, the Seahawks are not built to come from behind, which I believe is a backhanded compliment, right? It's a way of saying that they're front runners and that if they fall behind, they have no ability to come back. Right? They can't pass block. He was complaining about that. By the end of the game, Collinsworth was dancing around. He was doing the full spin cycle in the laundromat business. They call that the spin cycle there. And he danced around and he was he was doing the jig. Uh, that, oh, it's good to lose a game late in the season. It's good to lose a game. It's always good to lose. You like to lose. Well, crap. I mean, the teams like the Dolphins and the Bengals and teams like that must be really happy to lose late. They, all they do is lose late in the season. Come on. I mean, jeez. I, I would say if you're playing well, if you're engaged, then you don't have to lose to get a wake-up call. You know what I'm saying? You don't need a wake-up call. Anyway, here's Russell Wilson who points out that apparently the NFL season is not ending yet for the Seahawks. Where we're trying to go, a lot more season left. A lot more things to do. Um, everything's still out in front of us. We got to play one game at a time. One game. Just get better, see the yeah. film, figure out how we can get better as a collective group. And that's really the bottom line. Just between us, wouldn't it be more efficient to play like two games at a time? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we're, think of the environment. Why don't we worry about the environment? Why can't we get Congress to mandate you should play two games at a time? Because, hey, hey, how about three at a time? How about we just get rid of the rest of the regular season? Instead of having week 15, 16, and 17, Think of all the fossil fuels we'll save if we just play all three weeks at the same time, right? (laughs) I'm a problem solver. I don't want these guys to take it one game at a time. I want them to take it two or three games at a time. How about that? Old triple header action. How about you play a game at 6 in the morning, you play another game at noon, and another game at like 4.30. Boom. Done. Get three games in. You'll save money. You'll save time. Get it over with. What do you say? All right, anyway, here's more from Russell Wilson, who points out the age-old problem for teams that lose in the NFL. When it comes down to playing a great football team, us being a great football team, we got to execute when it matters, and um, and some of those plays we didn't. Um, and that's just that's just the truth across the board. It's like that uh, that John McKay quote, the old Buccaneer coach a million years ago, before my time, of course. And he said, uh, "What do you think of your team's execution, coach?" And he said, "I'm all. I fully support it." I uh, fully support my team's execution. Uh, Sean McVay, what about the other side? Sean McVay here. He's back, the darling boy wonder, Sean McVay. I love him. What a good-looking – when the Rams win, boy, isn't he good-looking? Man, oh, man, he knows everything about X's and O's, Sean McVay. And uh, he is about to get you to run through a building. He's so excited. 
I think it was a big time win for us, no doubt about it. You know, until you go back and look at the tape, it's always hard to say. But I, I've really just been impressed with this team's mental toughness, their ability to stick together and just fight through the day, fight through the next opportunity, and uh, you know, we'll see if we can keep this thing rolling. I was really impressed when the Ravens kept scoring touchdowns and the way they fought back in that game. <laughs> Fine effort that night. Uh, anyway, here's more. Uh, here's Jared Goff. And uh, I guess for a week we have to stop the narrative that golf's a, a disaster. Could turn up next week when they play the Cowboys. But here's uh, Jared Goff. And uh, let's see, Jared. Now, I said earlier, Jared, that I want you guys to take it two or three games at a time. What do you think about that? All we can do is try to win every game. And yeah. now it's we won one, and now it goes to Dallas. And we got to go try to win that game and, yeah. and do our best and can't control what happens, who wins, who loses, anything like that. We control what we can do and um, one game at a time. Wow. Does anyone know who the first athlete to say take it one game at a time is? Because I'd like to punch that guy, and I'm sure they're probably dead. So we should dig up their body and uh, you know punch them. All right, come on. I mean, what's up with that? Who who is the? I want to know the name. I want to know the name. The first athlete that said we got to take it one game at a time. I'm what, on it. What dumb dumb said that? Coop's working on that right now. Yeah. Who? Why, why can't the Rams say well we've got the Cowboys and then we play the 49ers? I'd like to take it two games at a time. I think that would be very good. I'd like to play two two games at a time. That's what I would like to do. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The 49ers and the New Orleans Saints getting together in a key NFC matchup and a game that had been hyped up. You thought, well, maybe it won't be that good. Uh, it was good. It, it, it was pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo slicing up what had been statistically a very good New Orleans Saints defense and the Saints not bringing their a game as the cliche. They didn't take it one game at a time. They did. They didn't take it any games at a time, right? They didn't show up defensively. Yikes! Now coming into the day, coming into the day, the New Orleans Saints, who had this great record and had piled up some some pretty good stats, had a top ten defense. The New Orleans Saints had the number eight defense in the NFL. Forty ers had the number one defense. In, in terms of yards allowed, what, what about scoring defense? Maybe you're more of a scoring defense fan. I think that's more important anyway. Total defense is nice, but I think scoring defense because the, the goal is to keep the other team from scoring. It's not to keep them from gaining yardage. You can gain yards. I think the points per game of the opposition. Well, the 49ers had the second best defense in the NFL in that department. The Saints were barely outside the top 10. They were like a half a, half a yard or half a point, rather, outside of the top 10 in that category. Uh, but the Niners, in a shootout, they pick up a couple more plays, one in particular, by George Kittle, and they get the big win in the bayou. And if you like defense, this was not your game. If, if you like offense, oh, man, was that awesome. Uh, I like a good shootout in the NFL, a track meet, whatever you want to term you want to use. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I do. I don't, I don't need to see every game. Oh, it's better if it's 13 to 10. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, no. It's like it turns into a soccer match. I, I, I don't need that. Uh, but if, if offense is your thing, this game, it was played in like a pinball machine. 
and you, you've got the game within the game. And in this Maller monologue, we're going to focus on coach versus coach because that's a big part of the outcome of this game. And the question, did Sean Payton end up getting outcoached, even though it came down to the very, very end, did he end up getting outcoached by Kyle Shanahan? And the answer, the only acceptable answer is yes. Uh, Sean Payton did get outcoached by Kyle Shanahan, and he's got to own it. So you've got the dunce cap, malpractice, and John Hancock. And uh, we will put all of this together. Now, number one, we absolutely charbroiled Kyle Shanahan last week after the 49er Raven game. Shanahan botched a fourth down call on a game that was played in kind of nasty conditions. And the 49ers able to run the ball at will against the Ravens. They got cute and decided to throw the ball. The 49ers have been averaging six yards per carry. In that game, I said, no, 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 it's fourth down, and we're going to try to throw the ball. And that backfired. But that was last game. This week, played in perfect conditions in the Dome in Louisiana. It was trickeration that went in favor of Kyle Shanahan, and that turned out to be the difference. In, in this particular game, you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about. It was decided by splitting hairs. They literally split hairs. It's almost as you know tough as splitting an atom, uh, but they were able to do it. And, and about six minutes left in the second quarter, Jimmy Garoppolo handed the ball off to Debo, Debo uh, Samuel, and he flipped the ball back to Emmanuel Sanders, not a quarterback, mind you, a receiver, and Sanders then threw a 35-yard touchdown pass on a trick play, and that helped close the gap. Now you say, well, that's the second quarter. It's not that big a deal. But when Sean Payton tried his own trick play play later in the game, late in the third period, it blew up in his face because the Saints decided, you know, we're going to attempt a fake punt on a fourth and 18 play. And it looked like to the naked eye. I said, well, that's a pass interference penalty. The Saints are going to get a first down. That's a, oh my God, didn't get the call. And it turns out, according to the NFL rule book, the rule Gestapo, they claim that on fake punts, you are allowed to commit blatant pass interference because the gunner, in this case, the, the terms gunner, not politically correct, uh, but that particular term uh, for the player on the punt coverage who's going to run down, that they need to be blocked. So you can't have special rules in place where they're not treated as receivers. And the fact that Sean Payton is part of the rules committee and decided to go for it and seemingly thinking he was going to get that call that they were going to call pass interference is wild, right? And sure enough, Sean Payton, there he was, and give him the dunce cap. That was dunce cap worthy there. He complained, whined to the officials. He had a temper tantrum, but he he got caught with his pants down, right? He, he's on the competition committee and the New Orleans Saints, by all accounts, thought they were going to. Yeah, they, they switched it up. This why well, I thought we were going to be. A, I thought it was going to be a holding penalty, or you know, not not a pass interference penalty. But certainly looked in real time they they were trying to get a pass interference penalty, and then they spun it after the fact. Now the second thing, this is the perfect outcome for the Saints, and I'm going to tell you why. They lose, but they can blame who their favorite fall guy. The Zebras. They love to blame the officials. you got to have a fall guy. Sean Payton 
Uh, he he loves to bitch and and whine and all that. And uh, he he's even though he's on the competition committee, I'm sure he'll try to get this rule changed. Maybe they'll get Congress involved again. And everyone will have a conniption fit and all that and <laughs> injustice. The, you know, no no rules uh, being corrected. No no peace. You know that whole thing. And they'll pass the bucks to the ref to the referee. They'll pass the buck and say, hey, never mind the fact that New Orleans secondary imploded in this game, giving up 48 points, 516 yards in their own stadium, in their own stadium, to the to the 49ers, to Santa Clara. Up and down and up and down, the Niners did pretty much what they wanted, even though the Saints came out and actually had a lead early in this game and people questioning the, some of the numbers the 49ers had been putting up and saying, is it legit? Does it have you know, any, any staying power to it? And the Niners had been the fourth best team in the NFL yardage-wise coming in. But for the New Orleans defense, and this was football malpractice. And from a coaching standpoint, it was strategic incompetence. And what happened to that voodoo that they have in the dome? I thought they had some kind of voodoo down there that you can't handle anything and, and all that. But I guess the voodoo ran out. Uh, Santa, uh, Santa Clara, let me tell you something. Uh, they had 25 first downs. They converted 50% of their third downs as the road team. Jimmy Garoppolo absolutely shredded, shredded, like shredded cheese, the New Orleans Saints, four touchdowns, 349 yards. I can go on and on here. Uh, he averaged 10 yards in attempt. You know, we, we use the line, I think it's appropriate here, you know, military attack, the Navy slogan, you know, 49ers by land, by air, by sea. Uh, they were able to move the ball in all different ways, special teams, trick plays, offense, defense, you name it. They did it. All right, final point. So this is a massive confidence booster to the, the 49ers, specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, but doesn't guarantee anything, right? Doesn't guarantee a damn thing. And it's not like the 49ers now are guaranteed of anything. They got three games left to play Atlanta and the Rams at home. Atlanta should be a gimme. You show up, you win. The question is, do you cover the spread? The Rams becomes a little bit tougher now because the Rams will still have a lot to play for. And then you got Seattle in that massive game the last week of the year. But the, for the moment, because the Seahawks lost, because Seattle blew it against the Rams in the Sunday night game, if you take a look at the NFL playoff picture, and who doesn't like to take a look at the NFL playoff picture? The 49ers are the number one seed in the entire NFC. And they have a game lead over the Packers. But it's it's weird because the Saints, they slide all the way down to the number three seed with that loss. And you got the Seahawks who are 10-3 and three now because they lost. They're breathing down the necks of the 49ers. So it's a like a four-horse race. And it's so good. You see all these teams that have winning records who are in the playoffs. And then there's the, the dum-dums from Dallas, the Cowboys, who are also a playoff team <laughs> at six and seven? It's just, just absolutely uh, great. And uh, several people pointing out, well, what did, you, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? You were, you were killing him a couple weeks ago. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo got off to a very poor start and was not living up to the contract at the beginning of this season. And I just repeated what I had been told that the, the streets were talking and people were questioning whether or not Garoppolo 
would be their pass this year. I would think, I haven't checked with the source on that, I would think that because of the way things have gone since then, and clearly that tough love in the Maller monologue paid off, uh, but now the $137 million, I don't think they will have a problem, I would say. Uh, there's an escape clause. I don't think they're going to get out of that at all. Uh, and this, but be be honest though. I mean, Garoppolo, all these wins he put up, going back to when he filled in for Brady with the Patriots. This is his John Hancock game. This is his signature win as an NFL quarterback. You gonna disagree with me on that? Give me another win. I, what was what was the, the the signature moment of Jimmy Garoppolo's career as, as a winning NFL quarterback? This was it. Beating the Saints in the dome and putting up the kind of offense they did. Like, what else would it be? Beating Green Bay at home a few weeks ago? That's not a signature win. This was the signature win for Jimmy Garoppolo as an NFL quarterback. And trailed by two points, 39 seconds left, 33-yard line, fourth down and two. And this time in a dome, you can throw the ball. They throw the ball. Garoppolo finds George Kittle, 39-yard gain like a boss while they're grabbing his face mask and Kittle runs down and they're just like grabbing a hold, one of the Saints defenders grabbing a hold of his face mask and he just kept it going. Right? Clear penalty. You tack on a, an extra 15 yards and all that and then Robbie Gold kicks a field goal a few plays later and that's it. The 49ers are victorious. Let's hear from the complainers, the New Orleans Saints. Nobody whines more than the people of New Orleans and their football people. Uh, here is Sean Payton, who's decided, at least on the record when it comes to the officials, this is going to be the company line. I don't want to answer one officiating question today, so I won't. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. All right. That's the cowardly way. That's a cowardly way. Why not? I uh, just announced I'm a big coward. Uh, I'm a pussy willow. Uh, that's what I am. Okay. Ah, here's more from Sean Payton here. And uh, he's uh, trying to be positive, I guess. Listen, you're, you're talking to me right after a tough loss. So are you telling me how I'm supposed to feel? Yes. All right. I don't feel encouraged. Why not? All right. I feel frustrated because oh. we had opportunities earlier in the game offensively to take advantage of field position. We had a number of opportunities. We had missed assignments. So, no, I'm not, I'm not encouraged that way. I thought you'd be more happy and positive. You got like a lifetime contract with the Saints and live in a big mansion there and you make a ton of money and cost of living is pretty good there. You live like a king. I think you'd be pretty good. Yeah. No. All right. Anyway, uh, here's more from the Saints side. Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees, I'll tell you, this guy, he's not the brightest guy in the world. Remember that whole jewelry thing, the whole diamond thing? I mean, you know, he thought diamonds were a good investment. Not the, not the smartest guy in the world. But anyway, here's Drew Brees. And uh, he's fired up. He's excited. He's uh, rah, rah. He's even in a loss. Drew Brees is uh, waxing poetic about what it was like in this game. I would say today was just a hard-fought football game. <laughs> I mean, all the way around. Both sides, you know, back and forth. They're a great team. I feel like we're a great team. Have the ability to be a great team. So this was like a, this is like a heavyweight boxing match. Just trading punches all game long on both sides. That's, that's how I would categorize today. An outdated reference. I love heavyweight boxing. Heavyweight boxing hasn't been relevant in the United States in how many years? Like, when's the last time there was a big-time heavyweight fight? Don't tell me last weekend there was a big... No, shut up, okay? I'm talking about where people were juiced. I'm talking about where there was a buzz about a heavyweight boxing match. When was the last time? I can't... I, seriously. 
What do you got to go back to? Like uh, Vander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, somewhere like along those lines? That's a long, those guys are old. That's a long time ago. Heavyweight. How about a middleweight fight? How about a, uh, like a Floyd Mayweather fight against Manny Pacquiao? You know, something like that. You know, boom. All right. Anyway, this portion of the show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. We would. We, we do. Yes. All right. Anyway, it is the Ben Maller Show. We press on here. We'll take a bunch of these phone calls. And let's go to George. 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 George in L.A. What's going on, George? Ben, what's going on? If it was any better, I wouldn't be so happy about the Rams. He won both sides of the line. Very impressive win. McVeigh coached Mr. Carroll, his old stomping grounds, the Coliseum. And the Rams, Ben, if they can play like this, they can beat anybody. Yes, true, George. <laughs> but, I mean, you've seen them all year, George. They don't play like this very often, George. This is a rare this is, situation. This is true, Ben. Very true. But at least the last two games, they've... they've kind of stepped up their pace. Well, la- last week, I, I throw that. I mean, they played against uh, Pop Warner All-Star last week in the Oompa Loompa. This is a legit win against the Seahawks, but last week was everyone's beating up on, on Arizona. They're a joke. That's a minor league outfit there in the Valley of the Sun. But the, the, the Ram, this is a big-time win for them. And, hey, they play like this against the Cowboys. They'll win. Cowboys will be 6-8 and eight after next week. The Rams will beat them. That's, that's going to be a fun game next weekend. You know what's going to be embarrassing, Ben? What's that? When a six and ten or a seven and nine Cowboys or Eagles team makes the playoffs, my gosh! Yeah, well, they're, that's they're not going to change it though. They, they like the divisions the way they are. They're going to keep it that way. Uh, all right, George. Hey, George's all fired up, man. He's excited about the Rams. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at two a.m. Eastern, eleven p.m. Pacific. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. It's Maller. How about that? To yeah. the third degree. This boom. is when Big Ben gets grilled. Boom, 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 boom. Cool. Well, this weekend saw a lot of coaches coming out in support of David Fisdale. Uh, Rick Carlisle said that he's glad Fisdale is out of that terrible mess he had nothing to do with. Greg Popovich called the firing ridiculous. Steve Kerr said that he would have been fired too. Ben, do you think Fizdale is going to get another shot with a different team? Yeah. Every time coaches get fired, the same crap gets regurgitated. Oh, no, every I've never heard a coach say that guy deserved to be fired. Ever. <laughs> and when that happens, then I will take when they, they rip these teams for firing coaches, I will take that with any uh, kind of a grain of uh, legitimacy. Uh, listen, Fizdale's not going to be hired anytime soon. I assume he's not going to retire. Uh, he'll get a job as a lead assistant. And I do understand he walked into a dysfunctional New York Knicks organization, but he knew what he signed up for. And the reality is this. The New York Knicks, he managed to make them worse in his time there than before. He wasn't there very long, but in the brief period of time David Fisdale was associated with the Knickerbockers as a coach, they were less competitive than prior to him being there. That's hard to do. And one of the reasons this guy was hired was to go get free agents. They, they sold a bill of goods about how he's friends with D. Wade and LeBron and all these star players. That backfired spectacularly. They got Julius Randle. And B... You know, Fisdale is part of the good old boys network. 
So he can go work as a high-end assistant. Maybe he'll get a job with the Lakers there, and he'll cycle through. If he sticks around long enough, the carousel goes round and round and round and round, and eventually his name will pop back up, and he'll be, he has to be part of a good team as a lead assistant, and then he'll, he'll get another opportunity. But I have never – Greg Popovich has been coaching for like 25 years in the NBA. I've never heard him once say that coach really deserved to be fired. Next! Well, speaking of the Knicks, it's being reported that Becky Hammond is interested in taking the job if they were to offer her a four- or five-year deal. I'm sure. Ben, what are the odds that the Knicks have the first-ever female head coach? All right, so I'm going to go high. I'm going to go zero percent. I'm going to go high. No, the Knicks, they're going to hire somebody that used to play for the Knicks or somebody that's got some name value and all that stuff. This, They're already a sideshow. They don't need another sideshow. You understand? And, and Becky Hammond, she's interested in every head coaching job because, hello, she wants to be a head coach. But that would, that would set women back in coaching to coach the Knicks because she's got no chance. All right, next. Now, there's a report that the Cavs are ready to listen to trade offers for Kevin Love. Ben, Kevin Love's having a productive season so far, averaging 16 and 10, but do you think he'll generate any decent offers with his injury history? I do, because teams are desperate, and he's he's got championship pedigree and all that crap, so yeah, I think they'll get something for him, and I could see him going to a team like the Mavericks or the Blazers doing pretty well. All right, there it is, Mallet of the third degree. How'd we do? He passed this edition. That is a winner at the buzzer, mind you, at the bleeping buzzer, stiletto man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, screw you. And it is the instant advice line. People in sports who need your wisdom. Each week, we pick a different person in the middle, the center square. And they need help. They need you to step up and help them out. Well, this week, who needs our advice? I'll tell you in a second. This portion of the show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. A couple of different options here. We've done the Patriots enough. I think we're okay in that department. But how about a former Patriot? assistant coach Bill O'Brien who's now the head man in Houston and the Texans uh, yikes had a big win against the Patriots they came back out and lost to the Broncos and made a rookie quarterback look like a god uh, for the for the Broncos and Drew Locke so what is your advice to Bill O'Brien on getting the Texans to not play like choking dogs against inferior opponents you're live on the air when you hear my voice hello you hello you're on fox sports radio hello ben hello uh and we're gonna go quick so if you don't have something to say we'll just hang up on your ass uh 877-99 on fox hello line at line five we'll go to line five he needs to listen to benny versus the penny ben helps a guy named Gagon find dick uh, I don't know. Dick and Dayton, I think, is what he was talking about. Yes, uh, let's go at line four. Hello, line four. Go up to any Raker fan and kick him in a ball-washing mouth. All right. Thank you for that. Let's go to you over here. Hello, uh, line uh, three. You are next, line three. Oh, hell. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Instant advice line for Bill O'Brien. Hello, you. That's you. I hear you breathing there. I liked him in that spot, Big Ben. No, I liked no, him in no, that no, spot, on, Big Ben. Man. Come on, no, don't do that to me, man. 
Come on. I don't want to deal with that dope until spring training. I don't want to deal with them then. Uh, Let's go to you, line six. Hello, line six. Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback ever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ryan Tannehill. He's played like it. Hey, uh, you on line three. You're next, line three. I know it's you, Roberto. Ah, Roberto, he's back. He's back. Coming to get you, Roberto. Advice to Bill O'Brien, line four. Yeah, he needs to go ask the Negroes. Uh, that's a c- couple of knuckleball pitchers, of course. Line five. Hello, line five. No, Coop, I do not. All right, we'll hang up on him because we know we always have to dump him. Uh, line six. <laughs> yeah, I would have had to. Yeah, line six. Hello. Give him Bella's punta. All right, let's go to you on line uh, two. Hello, line two. Take some advice from the Astros. Beat on the garbage can and cheat. There you go. That's all you got to do. You got to cheat. Hey, uh, random line. Uh, hello, random line. Not oh, random line. Not paying attention. Hello, you are next. Hello. Brian Fenton is one cool dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly, <laughs> certainly is that. Uh, hello, you are next. It's the instant advice line for Bill O'Brien. Hey Ben, um, just say addicted after. I had a feeling that was going to go a wrong direction. All right, we'll do one more, only one more. Hurry up, Coop. Line four. You're on the air. Go. I got to be honest. I liked him in that spot. Big no, bit. not that guy again. Ah. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.